So yeah. I think it's very true that it, all these things take time. And as I said, my business, I started out doing something very different than I am today. You grow as a person, you grow after a lot of experience. Have you ever stopped and asked yourself, is this what I really want to be doing with my life? We have, and the answer wasn't what we expected. Hi, I'm Margaret. And I'm Stetson. We made a really big decision to do a complete rebrand of our four-year-old relocations company. New look, new business model, the works. Some people might think we're crazy. Do you? But it's what we needed to do in order to better align ourselves with our goals for our company. In this podcast, we talk about not only our journey through rebranding, but all things business. Marketing, building your client base, social media. In fact, there is never an end to the topics we will discuss here. So we invite you now to sit back, take notes, and enjoy the One Crazy Journey podcast. Before we get into the meat of this podcast, I want to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, I want to say that it is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, it's what we're using to create this podcast. Some of the things I love about Anchor? Well, first, it's free. Yes, free. But also, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more listening platforms. You can make money from your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. Have you been wanting to make your own podcast? Then what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Hey, welcome to the One Crazy Journey podcast. We're on episode number nine. Nice welcome. to have you here. Yes. Before we get started, we are very excited because we have a guest that we'll talk about in a minute. Before we get started, make sure you're subscribed to the One Crazy Journey podcast. Give us five stars if you'd like to do that. Yes, we would really appreciate if you did that. Yes. And if you want to keep up with the rebrand, you can follow us on our Instagram at everything.envy, where we post everything that we're doing behind the scenes. So. We are going to be joined by Rachel Rosenthal in this episode. So we're going to get you caught up in what we've been doing. And then we're going to talk with her a little bit later. So we are in the car again, peeps. <laughs> yes, we are in the car because we realize our office is too echoey. We still do not have our microphones yet. We're right. narrowing down the choices. Yeah. We want to have the best quality sound that we could get that's really going to help reduce some of the echo so our previous episode you'll hear still some echo in there yeah the past but, two unfortunately we didn't yeah. realize it so what we're doing is we have to record the interviews ahead of time which is great so that way we have our schedule planned out so we recorded the interviews ahead of time and then we're getting you caught up in real time but we recorded four and we realized that the audio was terrible in our it's, office so if you notice that don't worry, we're fixing it. It sounds better now. It we're will in improve. Yeah. But like we said, we're taking you on the crazy journey every step of the way. So you're just going to bear with it as we are. And we're, right. I until mean, we get it figured out. I know. And I think this is a learning lesson because when we went back to listen to them, we're like, we're going to have to re-record them. Like we wanted we to re-record the interviews, but we've done four already. And you know, it says something about us. We don't waste time. We just forge ahead. Right. 
And yeah. then if we have to fix it later, we fix it. I know. I was like, our audio is going backwards. Like, <laughs> is, that, is it a good it sign? It sounds pretty good in the car, which is hot in the car. But it's but... hot. And like, we have this whole office that we want to set up. So it's like, we really need to fix the echo. And I think microphones would definitely help, but we're yeah, going to have to do it We're going to get something with a little mixer on it, which I think will help. Mm-hmm. But this is all a learning experience for us, and we're just figuring it out every step of the way. But it does not stop us. It does not prevent us from moving forward. Because mm-hmm. we could easily say, oh, my gosh, it's terrible. Let's well, not that's do what we it. We were like, well, we're going to have to re-record all the interviews. But but we still would have had an episode every Monday because we would have gone right. back and just recorded something, and exactly. I would have published it on Anchor and yeah. then told our podcast company, hey, put a hold on those. I mean, we had choices to make. Right. So if you listen to the past two episodes, sorry, the interview that we have next week as well is going to be a little bit iffy during the interview, but it's, it's <laughs> going to be amazing because we're talking to a mother-daughter duo next week. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. Yes, but, and the content mm-hmm. is amazing. Yes. So or I think that's the following week, but yeah, we're going to be talking. We've, right. we've done some interviews yes. already, so we're very, very excited about it. Uh, we're still figuring out the order of which we're going to release them. But you guys, we have some fun stuff planned. We've been talking to some great gals too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we're excited because we just ordered our business cards for Yay. Everything Envy. So we're Yay. getting there. We just ordered our business cards. They should be here soon. So well, I think once we have the business cards, because we have our doing business as, I think almost figured out. Yeah. It's pretty much there. So once we have our business cards, yeah. then we will be able to actually, I think, start working under our new name, which will be exciting. Yeah. So we'll be able to pass out our new our new business cards. And then our website, again, is still a work in progress. As to this point, it's taking a little bit longer, I think, than we hoped. But we just want to make sure that it's perfect and it's in the editing stage. Yes. And we actually, we received a first draft and it was actually pretty good, something to work from. Mm -hmm. We felt like they see our vision, they see our look, and we had a good basis to make some really good quality changes. So we'll look at it again when it's ready. Yeah. And then we're working on our summit, (laughs) kind of, as we mentioned, we're working towards our summit. I mean, we've had so much work too. That's just kept us so busy with all the podcast interviews with the actual normal work that we do when we're not doing podcasting or like interviews or social media. Like we actually do (laughs) still work. Like we're doing moves like almost every single day. So and it's hard to put that in like this morning, even I'm trying to find a moving company Right. For a, a relocation job that just sort of popped into our lap on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then just trying to get these things lined up all the while we're doing all these other things. So yeah, we're doing a lot of things right now. Running the company, plus our summit, plus the podcast, plus all these other little design things we're doing and just with a rebrand. <laughs> I think yeah. sometimes I scare my husband, Mike, because he's like, you guys are doing so many things. I mean, he's more analytical. That's true, yeah. He's more analytical. It's like, you should be tracking certain bits oh. of information so we know where we're headed. I'm like, but... We don't have the time to track. <laughs> <laughs> and does that add value to right, what we're exactly. doing in future? Yeah. But for him, it, it's, I think I scare him sometimes. But he, You're like, maybe don't ask what I'm working on. No. <laughs> no <laughs> Just wait until it's all there and then I'll share it with you. But but anyway, we're, yeah, we're... And part, I think we realize like too, I think we do want to kind of change our summit a little bit, which I'm kind of excited that we didn't like dive right in yet because it never really felt right right like we were we we're gonna yeah. have a millionaire move summit we still might use that name as we've talked about previously and then it is it was going to be for real estate agents but I think we actually changed who our audience is for that as well 
So mm-hmm. we're still clarifying a couple things. So I'm very excited that we haven't moved forward because I think now we're really getting clear on what we want it to be. Because yeah. I haven't been like stoked about it. Right. And I haven't been like super motivated to like stay up to like 10 on my computer to work on it. Because that's how I normally are. That's how <laughs> yes. I normally am. Yeah. When we're working on like new digital stuff or something. Because you're so excited. Like so excited about yeah. it. But I haven't felt that yet. Yeah. So I think I'm starting to get excited about it now that we've kind of talked about it. Again. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, we'll keep you posted on that, but yeah, we're just needing more clarity. Yes. <laughs> but this weekend was super fun because it was my brother's birthday. So our birthdays are really close. We're like eight days apart. apart, eight days, but in by two years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Three, three years, three years, three eight years. days apart. So he's three years older than me, yeah. but we made, we had an Italian night. And we made homemade pasta. It was so fun. If you saw any of our stories on Instagram, you would have seen those pictures. We didn't post them on our work one. Oh, we didn't. It's just our personal ones. Yeah. But we made pasta from scratch. I've never done it before. They spent uh, three months in Italy last year. They traveled around Italy, Europe, I guess Europe area. Yes. They went to Paris and they went to a couple of their little countries, but they did this really fun cooking class. Mm -hmm. In a home, in an Italian couple's home, and they showed them how to make sauces, how to make pasta. Yeah, pasta from scratch mm-hmm. and tiramisu. Tiramisu. So last night we had nine bowls out. They measured out the ingredients for us. <laughs> so we were all in charge of making basically kind of like one serving of pasta. And we so were we all huddled flour, around the island. Right, all huddled, huddled around. <laughs> nine people had around the kitchen island. around this island. Yeah. Right? We had all different sized bowls because we didn't have matching bowls. But they measured it out and they said it's very, I feel like Italian cooking is very like calm and it's very, it is. and it's very, I don't know the word. It's You put loose. a lot of love into yeah. the cooking with it. There's no like absolute preciseness. In fact, like you know, some other cultures are, you have to be very, very precise for the recipes. Right. But the Italian recipes are a splash of this, a yeah. pinch of that. You just put that in and then, but how they make it, I think it's is really It's so cool. loving, isn't it? Yeah. So. Like being gentle with when you're incorporating the egg into the mm-hmm. flour, because that's what we started with a little mountain of flour in our bowl. Mm-hmm. And then we made a hole for the egg. And then we had to put, we had this, it didn't matter which direction we went, but we had to keep the same direction. Right. And there was this whole... Thing. scenario about you don't want to disturb the proteins and the eggs yes, so yeah yeah, like and, a it's scientific very and then we needed it for probably like 40 minutes the oh dough my gosh, i was yeah. in like an arm workout <laughs> uh yeah and then and then you then we had to let it, it rest roller, right. we had to let it rest for right. a bit and while we did that we made homemade tiramisu yeah that was really fun well and it was so easy it was pretty easy yeah we just had to whip the egg whites mm-hmm. And then incorporate very slowly Ooh, and lovingly the sugar. I mean, yeah, if you think about it, it's only and like five folding. ingredients pretty Yeah. Much. And, and then, then we the put coffee, that in the fridge. Right. Dipping the authentic ladyfingers that came from Italy mm-hmm. into the coffee. And that was your basis for the kicky part. Yeah. And then we rolled out our, mm-hmm. our noodles. Into big white strips. Kind of look like a lasagna noodle in a way. Mm-hmm. And then we fed those through to press them out really, really thin. We thread them through them in a little machine. We had two of those anchored onto the cutting board, onto the island. And then we put the cutter on there and then we ran it through again and cut the spaghetti noodles. So oh, it they was were spaghetti, it was like linguine. Yeah, yes. it was thicker. And then we hung them on the rack to dry. Yeah, and I was like starving because I kind of skipped lunch. So we were kind of like snacking. So when everything was finally done, we had salad, pasta, everything like that. When everything was finally done, I like serve myself a lot because I was starving, <laughs> like a normal amount that I would eat. Yeah. But it's so, 
it was filling. It's so filling because the noodles are so thick. Yeah. So I like was, oh my gosh, I ate way too much, but it was so good and it was so fun. And then we had the salad that was Stetson stepmom made. I always wonder how Lori and I should My mom. Your stepmom. Oh, you said my mom. No, I I did. I meant to say Stetson's stepmom. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Stetson's stepmom, Lori, and myself. We always, you know, what are we? We're like stepwives or something. Yeah. But she she made a beautiful salad out of her organic garden Mm -hmm. with cucumbers and tomatoes and red onion. And it it was so good. And balsamic vinegar and some Mm -hmm. olive oil. So we had the very beautiful, colorful, and fresh dinner. Yes. It was super, super fun. We all got pretty full. We're so excited to welcome our guest for today, Rachel Rosenthal. Now we are honored to have her on our podcast because we've been looking up to her for forever. I know. For at least the past four and a half years. Like I feel like when we first started the business, you said, okay, there's a couple people that I want you to look at. Or when I first came on board, you're like, the home sword and Rachel. Yeah. And so literally like you were one of the first people that I saw on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're so honored to have you with us. We're so excited to talk to you. You've been featured in major magazines like Better Homes and Gardens, Domino's, you've been on TV, ABC News. So we're so excited to dive into all of that. So welcome to the One Crazy Journey podcast. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and chatting with you guys. I really appreciate it. And yeah, really excited to be here with you guys. Yay. I mean, like I said, you've inspired us so much. We'd love to hear, I mean, you're a boss businesswoman right now. Like I said, you've been on so many publications. lady boss. Yes, lady (laughs) boss. So we'd love to hear a little bit about your story and like what inspired you to start your business and a little bit of backstory because I think it's so, so cool to hear that. You've been in business for a while now. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm an old woman. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm an old woman. Um, you know, so much has changed. I've had my business for about 13 years now, which is just insane to me. I started right before my children were born. And it has been, you know, I always tell people not a steady line up in terms of a journey and no business is, but it has been a journey since then. I went to law school, had decided that wasn't for me. I started my business. It looked a lot different than it obviously looks today. But I think just being open to change and going with the change of the time really has made my business um, sustainable and being able to continue to work with great clients, continue doing a good job. You know, I always tell my team we're only as good as that last job um, because as most of our clients are women, they talk, you know, and so it has just been a journey from there. And yeah, started very many years ago, it seems like. Um, well, I feel like you're one of like the OG organizers. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, because organizing as a business isn't that it's not that old. Like, I feel like it's just it's still now. a pretty new industry. Right. After Marie Kondo came out, that's when they're like, oh, She's professional the one organizers actually think. Yeah. And in our yeah. Facebook Rice group, we still have gals that are coming in or wanting to come in looking for some support on starting a brand new business. And then, as you know, we have a lot in there that are just started, like COVID mm-hmm. time prompted them to start right. their organization. Yeah. How was that? Like starting a business that maybe wasn't as well known yet. Yeah, right. I mean. when you were the pioneer. I mean, yeah, because literally. now when people start their business, they can look at people like you. They can mm-hmm. reach out to people like you. And I think that's what's cool about our community as organizers. Like, I feel like we're all really supportive. So when people reach out, we do our best to give them, you know, knowledge, whatever we can. 
but you were basically like, like you said, the you pioneer. Were, yeah, you were so you didn't have scratch. people, that many people to look up to in a sense and be like, okay, yeah, what I, do I do? It was very hard. Cause I will tell you when I started my business, I had to explain to clients and what I did, you know, in terms mm. of, Oh, this is what I do. I'm not actually a housekeeper, you know, because yeah. no one, there wasn't HGTV, there wasn't Instagram, there wasn't Pinterest, like there was no Marie Kondo, as you just mentioned, there was nothing. Mm -hmm. So I was explaining how a family can function better and, you know, create systems and it's beautiful at the same time. And so it was a lot of explaining what I did and then kind of, oh yeah, great. That's actually mm -hmm. a wonderful result after seeing that. Um, and also when I started, there weren't a lot of people who had done this and the community was very small. And I had reached out to a lot of people where they're like, oh no, it's competition. I'm not going to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So I really did not find a lot of support when I started within the professional organizing industry. And I mm -hmm. then had to go out to other women business owners for support because oh, I wasn't yeah. finding it within the organizing industry way back when. It has definitely changed and morphed. I mean, I know I have a, a Facebook group of almost a thousand people who have, mm -hmm. you know, started pre-COVID after, you know, whatever it was. And I'm doing coaching calls and talking to more people because I didn't have that. And so yeah. I want to back to people because it was very hard to start without that support. And I yeah. know just how valuable it is to start about this. I'm a big believer in community over competition. I preach mm -hmm. it all the time. And so I don't hold back when I talk with my, you know, coaching clients. I don't hold back when talking to others because I just feel like it's, it's so necessary. In yeah. Yeah. Same for us too. We do the same. We've had gals reach out to us in Colorado and different places that mm -hmm. are brand new. They're just starting their business. Can we have a Zoom call with you and just pick your brain? Like, of course, because right. it's hard enough, even when you have support, but for me starting solo, like you, you know, by myself, mm -hmm. but just trying to find the right kind of support too. So we're always happy to offer it too. We feel the same. You know, well, and that's kind of like our goal for this crazy journey podcast too, because there's so many things when it comes to running your business, like starting a business, like in a sense, we're kind of, we're not starting over, but we're literally designing a new website. We had our logo done, like every single thing we're starting from zero. And I feel like the more knowledge and the more resources people can have, the more successful they'd be. And even like in our coaching too, people are like, aren't you worried about competition? I'm like, look you're at how many real estate agents there are in your town. Yeah. Like there's hundreds, like there's barely any professional organizers right now. No, we're not worried about the competition. Like if we can see, like when we see our students as having success, like one of them, she's moving all these people. We're it like, makes us feel really good yeah. because yeah, we did that for her. You know, it's like, we this is one of our, that we gave so much of ourselves, but we've had that question. Like you have this coaching program to teach people. Like, why are you doing do? that? I'm like, look at any other industry. They all do this. Like they have hundreds well, of thousands yeah. of people. There's not enough yeah, people yeah. to do what we do. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. got off to a coaching call from on my end, but I told her, you know, no one's business is the same, not even yeah. with the same town or same, exactly. you know, um, and so everyone has different goals. Everyone's family life looks different. And I think going and looking at, we were talking about Instagram, like going and looking at just the numbers is really a horrible thing. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea what they want to do with the numbers or what, how much time they're putting into it, what they want to put into it. And so I mm -hmm. think knowing that your business is your business, it's for your life, you know, at that stage in life is something just take into consideration when comparing yourself or thinking Definitely. about it because everyone's life is different and exactly. everyone's is different. So everyone has their own niche and specialty and, and yeah, they bring to the table. So yeah. And everyone has their own version of success too. I feel like too, like, yep. you know, you don't have to have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Like you don't have to do this full time. 
your yeah. business full time to be success. Like if you have a family at home and you're doing this on the side, that is so successful. You're bringing in extra cash. Yes. Or, you know, just but it is help. hard though. Cause I know a lot of people, you know, comparing yourself. Yeah. Oh, we all do it, but you just got to check yourself. No. Nope. Yeah. Also like the numbers on Instagram have no reflection on like how their business, how successful how their business is, is too. Which right. I think is and like you said, what are they doing with it? You know, our goal for our Instagram has always been like community, really like reaching out to other organizers, supporting. And now we're kind of switching that, which is why I think we're like super excited to talk to you more about today. Cause we've done like brand, you know, sponsorships, smaller brand deals and stuff like that. We've worked with companies, but you're so, so inspiring because you've done all those things and you know, you, you're on TV, you've done all those interviews and that's kind of where we want to go, but we don't have any knowledge in that area. Right. And so, and it's, and it's interesting to see because there's some people that don't like, we're losing followers, which is totally fine because we completely did a 180 and it's not anything to do with us. It's just like, we're switching. Like we're so different now. But and that's so followers totally drop fine. off because maybe they don't like what they see anymore, but that's fine. Because we're not as relatable as we used to, mm-hmm. but it's because we, we're switching our clients. And, and it's our a switching. tool. It's just a tool. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think yeah. people will come and go throughout mm-hmm. the years and months mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, and everything in between. And you just really want the people who are there that want to be there, right? And we yeah. can't everybody. And I would say that in business, like your client is not everybody. So if you are talking to your ideal client, whether on Instagram or as a, company, then great. And if that, you know, is a smaller percentage and it's a bigger percentage and there's more engagement, that's even better than having mm-hmm. following with no engagement and people are exactly. just kind of hanging on. So exactly. I think okay that people are, and actually think it's a good thing because people are looking and watching and deciding mm-hmm. whether they want to be there or not. And then the right. people there really want to be there. So I actually think that's a good thing. And movement is, a, is you know, a good thing in, in the end. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. And that whole yeah. hacking experience too, but it, it's just been it's good and like, it's just positive, but it's all those ups and downs and we're just trying to figure it out, which is why I think it's fun to like document the process. Yeah. Too. And that's, what's fun about having guests like you on because then you can share your bumps in the road too, your crazy journey, but, uh, but to share, you know, we mm-hmm. have things to share and, and like Seth said earlier, you know, there's so many little facets of running and operating a business that we learn from you mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're going to learn from all the other speakers and hopefully, you know, you learning from us and, and together, you know, we just get better and, and grow bigger. And Yeah, I'm so curious on how you started. Like, what was, like, how did you get the What's idea to start your organizing say, business? I'm doing it. Like we said, because it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't a big thing. You didn't have HGTV, you know. Right. So what made you make the decision to start an organizing business? Yeah, you know, I think I was at a law firm and I was like, oh, I don't love being here every single meal and evening every yeah. meal. Asking like, what can I do? And I knew... I had these sort of type A skills, but I didn't really know how to transfer them. And actually when I started my business, I was doing, I don't know, it's crazy, but I was doing personal shopping, event planning, and professional organizing. Like so random, but I felt like I could do all three. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as I went to some weddings and events and I was doing some personal shopping because I had like some style, but that was like my business. I mean, it just, Mm -hmm. so and organizing was in there too. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm in your closet. I can organize it and shop for you. Right. You're like, what do you need? I do it all. I do it all. Yeah. (laughs) Ridiculous. And it became too much and I wasn't focused enough, but I learned what I loved and that morphed into, you know, I actually had my children. I took some time off and then I was like, you know what? I want to go back just doing organizing. And I 
had a stint there with, I don't know if you guys know Stacey London, which she used to be on that show, What Not to Wear. I did a yes, uh-huh. did a business. So, I know her. <laughs> again, my journey is not very um, linear, I like to say. Um, but then I just realized I love helping people in the way that I was organizing. And I could talk a lot about it. So in the beginning, you know, I would go into law firms because I knew law firms and talked about how the physical transformation worked with within time on your desk and all of that. And then from there, it just kept going and changing. And oh, now we work with moves and now I have a bigger team. And now, you know, so there was never one sort of, I didn't have a business plan, I'm the worst. And so I did not have like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this in five years and this in 10 years. I just, again, talked to someone and I'm like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, I didn't do any of that. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not the best person to follow in that sense. However, I've always led with my heart no matter what. And I've Mm -hmm. always, gone back to what works for me at the time of my life, right? So mm-hmm. I was married, I was divorced, I was single mom of, you know, twin girls for many years. Now I'm married again. So like my life has changed. And so my business has changed to also reflect that. The thing that has stayed constant, people always say, well, how are you still in business, you know, 13 years later? I'm a really hard worker. And I wow. continue to do that. I show that in my work. I never give, you know, as less than 100% if I can help it. And so I'm passionate about things and continue to do that hard work, no matter if it feels icky or not. And of course, as we all know, as business owners, we don't love every aspect of the business, but, you know, trying to, you know, farm out things that we don't love as much or or doing things, you know, that we can't do or don't want to do as much is just kind of how I've kept going. And I still have a passion for it. So I think that also shows through. And I know a lot of people, you know, who had their businesses over the past 13 years come and go. And I think they come and go for different reasons. But I think in the end, if you still don't have a passion for this and love what you're doing, the rest of it will go by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And so I don't just work for a paycheck and to feed my family. Exactly. I, I work for other things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, kept going for 13 years. Um, yeah. Not- <laughs> I think that's so, so important. Like loving what you do, right? Like yeah. you mentioned, like you didn't, you realized you didn't love law, right? And you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you made the decision to do it. And I actually like, what you were just talking about, because uh, so many people, they think I have to have everything set up before I do it, but why not just make the decision, do it and figure it out along the way. Do you know what I mean? Like our podcast, right. I mean, we just made the decision to do it. Well, we have the Clutter Bee podcast that I'd started. We have five episodes there, but we make the decision and see what we're still using our Apple headphones and you know our system here, but make the decision and not have everything figured out. Mm-hmm. And then just make it work. Yeah, I learned it out along the way. Yeah. yeah, and test things and see how it goes. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of us are we procrastinate because we want it to be perfect, especially in this space. A lot of us are Type A, you know, and mm-hmm. want it to be perfect when it goes out the gate. However, I think that holds us back a lot of the times, and mm-hmm. we don't do it and we don't move forward. So a lot of times, yes, it might look messier than it is or not as perfect as we want it to be. But I think just trying is actually the hardest step. And without that, then you're never going to know if you're going to fail or if it's going to actually, you know, work. I haven't had all um, wonderful things in my business. There's been a lot of failures, but I think unless you try, then you're still going to be at square one. And so, you know, I'm a big believer of throwing some stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks again, not the most <laughs> wonderful way to, you know, continue a business, but you know, a lot of it is stuck. <laughs> so exactly. <it's- laughs> well, and there's a lot of ups and downs. And I think that's, yeah, because what we've done is like you started the business all by yourself, did it for two years, figuring out things along the way. And now we're able to kind of, okay, we've learned so much. Like we have an amazing supportive community where we're able to fall back to ask questions. And now we're kind of able to go back and kind of 
set up those foundational things that maybe we were missing before, but now we know how to do it. You know what I mean? Where before we would have to learn, learn, learn. What do I do? What do I do? I'm going to launch my business, you know, next month, never do it. So yeah, there's a lot of flying by the seat of your pants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And you just do the next thing, the next obvious thing. Sometimes you don't know until you go and you look back and, oh, I probably should have done those other two things, but here I am. And we just keep going forward. Right. And that's really the only thing. There's no manual. And if there was, you know, I think everyone would be a millionaire, but um, there's no (laughs) one way to do this. And I think that's actually what makes it so amazing is that Mm -hmm. there isn't a path. You can get a lot of knowledge and, you know, talk to a lot of business owners, which of course I, I tell people to do before you start it. But I think there's not one path and that's what's great. You can decide to do something, see if it works, if it doesn't, or Andrew, like you were just talking about, you get a lot of knowledge and you go back each week um, because I think that's the best way of learning on the spot as a lot of things. Because a lot of these things, as you guys know, like you can't explain until you're actually in the scenario. And so in, in terms of professional organizing, until you're inside a house, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I love to organize. I should start a business. And I would say to someone like, eh, you know, wait a little bit, see how you like it. Let's talk about it in a few mm-hmm. weeks. I've actually gone into a client because it's not the business for everybody. And so just because you love HGTV doesn't mean you should start a business. <laughs> right. very different, you know, than exactly. or organizing at home. So. Yeah. yeah. You do have to be willing to do the grunt work. Like, you know, I've done the hoarder houses and I've done all kinds of things that I did. And we've done the like, thing where like, yeah, we'll do this. Oh, you need that? Sure. We'll do that. You know what I mean? Like all over the place. Like too many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before you really hone down in your niche, like, you know, really just like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You like to do that other stuff. Fine. It you takes know. a while. You've got to try it. You've got to test the waters. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I know another organizer here who just loves paper and just works with paper. Like for me, eh, I would not love to work with like paper mm-hmm. on an everyday basis, but like that's her bread and butter and I yeah. love her for it. You know, that would not be mine, but I had to take some time to actually work there. And someone I know loves garages. I am not a huge fan of a garage over here mm-hmm. in the North you know, in the winter time, but, or the summer. <laughs> or really, <laughs> yeah. like, actually never. <laughs> when is there a time? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think it's very true that it, all these things take time. And as I said, my business, I started out doing something very different than I am today. You grow as a person, you grow after a lot of experience. So I think anyone listening should know your business is not going to be the same as it is mm-hmm. today. And it is in six months or three months or, you know, a year from now. Yeah. And it's okay to change and grow. Yeah and want to do different things. Which I think That's is. totally okay. Yeah. So how was it transitioning? I'm so curious because you, like we said, you're an OG organizer in a sense. So you were before like Instagram, right? Before social media was super, super heavy. So how was that like before social media and now? Because I feel like now we're kind of blessed in a sense with Instagram. I do quote unquote with my hands because now we have a love-hate relationship <laughs> with Instagram after going through the hacking. But how was that like transitioning to that? Because before, like now I feel like it's so easy almost for organizers to get out there, you know, to meet people, to get build those connections. And there are some that we know and that you know too, that that's how they gain their clients. I mean, mm-hmm. the clients are coming through Instagram. Like basically free advertising. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Can you imagine without Instagram, like how people would get their business, which is how I started. And exactly. Yeah. So what did you do? Um, the biggest marketing thing when I go back to when I first started, um, I don't even remember how old Instagram is, but when I first started, the biggest thing that I did was I had a newsletter and I had heard, you know, and even now to this day, people pass you by on Instagram. You kind of don't, you miss them in the feed, all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I'm a true believer in a newsletter because it can land in someone's email inbox. 
they don't have to open it, but they're going to see your name and subconsciously be thinking about you or see the title of it that maybe says, mm. look at the latest organizing that I did in the garage. Or, and then they're going to think about you the next time you do it in the garage. So my newsletter was the biggest way that I found clients back mm. in the day, you know, when I started many years ago, because it was a way for me to communicate with my clients and be in their inbox. So that was one thing. Another thing is, you know, I asked my clients to talk as much as they could and sort of incentivize them to talk to their friends as much as I could again, because I truly am, you know, till this day, referral based. And so I've been in over a hundred things of press and podcasts and all that kind of stuff, which is amazing. However, when it comes down to it, referrals are how I get my clients. And I'm very lucky that that continues to be the case and that we continue to do good work that people want to talk about it. But that was the way that I continue still to get clients and originally gotten clients. So the newsletter, you know, talking to clients and please saying, you know, hey, can you spread the word as much as you can mm -hmm. to other friends who are moving or who are, you know, organizing their kitchens. I would love to work with them. And then networking with people who are industry professionals, which again, still to this day where I get referrals from. So people like interior designers, you know, a lot of the times we are on the same projects as an interior designer. Mm -hmm. So networking with interior designers and getting to know them, people like architects, other people within that same realm. If I wanted to go like full fail moving, I would go to a lot of realtors and I would mm -hmm. network with them and talk about my services and try to partner with them. So other professionals, I think that are in quote unquote, your industry in a sense that you feel like you would be collaborating with them and their clients. You know, who are the people I was always told who have your clients right now? that they're already working with those professionals, those are the people you should be networking in and trying to get to know. So mm -hmm. again, way back when I did a lot of networking groups, I did a lot of networking events. That is very hard for me. I'm very shy actually. And so it was very hard to do. Then I had twins, then I was a single mom. So then like my participation started to wane on all of all fronts, but I just kept trying to talk to whoever I could, you know, like I was in line at the grocery store and I would make a comment about someone about something organized or I don't know what it was. And then I would mm -hmm. just explain what I did. And then like, that's how I kept talking. So I just say, I, I keep talking to people about yeah. what you, you can send an email to your friends and family announcing your business or saying, you know, we've changed our logo and our branding and this is what we're doing now. I think as long as you continue to be in front of people, it doesn't matter if you're on, I mean, I know it matters if you're on social media, but when I started, we didn't have that. And mm -hmm. so thinking about, you know, yeah. other ways to do it is just, you kept talking and that's how I got press. And that's how, you know, that had continued. So I just kept talking. I was passionate about it. And that was, you know, one of the biggest ways for myself to get clients and continue to get clients. That's so, awesome. That's three yeah. amazing things. I already have some things like running through our heads. Cause that's like kind of where <laughs> yeah. we're headed. Like who can we market with, you know? Yeah. Like we're going towards luxury real estate agents now. So we're doing a summit specifically for them. Yeah. So that way we can build relationships with them. But that's so good. And I love what you're saying about the email and the newsletter, because I think that's the, one of the first things that you said to me is that Rachel has, I think you've been subscribed to her newsletter for forever. Forever, Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. how she kind of, you were on the top of her mind consistently is because you were showing up in her email inbox. Yes. And that's because that's major for me to have someone. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's how you found me too, probably. Because um, yeah. you found me somehow, I'm not even sure. And I'm a brand new organizer, but I found you. And then you reached out to me and asked to be a part of your Facebook group. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and then I was participating in a lot. Of, I just go in there and watch. 
you know, just listen and learn. I learned so many things that I know I engaged with people and interacted here and there, mm -hmm. but it was such a great place for me to be, to interact and learn some things from people that, because it was still written now that granted this was four years ago, four and a half years ago. So still a lot was different even back then. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't have the smartphone capabilities that we have now. And there were just, everything changing so fast, but I felt such, I, in fact, I told, told my husband, guess what, Rachel, this girl, you know, she invited me to be in her group, but I just feel so honored. <laughs> I think if I, look, I think I adjust to the times, everyone does, you have to, um, mm -hmm. in a certain extent, but it was a lot harder, you know, many years ago to find clients, to have them know your work, to connect with other organizers, mm -hmm. I mean, that was harder. Like, oh, I'm going to search people in whatever area and hope right. to find someone because social media wasn't out there and everyone wasn't as out there. It was harder, but I feel grateful for all the relationships that I've built. And look, you know, the newsletter, the networking, everything takes time, but I think you just have to decide for yourself, you know, what are you going to focus on? You want to focus on luxury real estate agents because you want to be with luxury homes and clients that way, mm -hmm. then that's a great way to spend your energy. And just thinking, I know a lot of people work with hoarders, like, psychiatrists that work with hoarders or, you know, mm -hmm. yes, hoarders. Yeah. like that's another way to connect with people. I think it's just trying to think about what your focus is. And I think in the beginning, everyone said, you can't, someone said to me, I don't even remember who it was, but like, you can't be everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. If you're everywhere, you're nowhere kind of thing. You just need to focus on one thing as much as possible. See if that's going to work. If not, think about something else because there's mm -hmm. no way that you can be good at all of the social media platforms at all, like mm -hmm. newsletter, da, 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 everything, unless you have help or you decide to focus on one area and be like the best you can be at that area. Right. And then once you are the best, then you can graduate to the next thing. That's what yeah. we've been learning, right? Yeah. 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 How newsletters are so, so important. So, so important because that's the only thing you actually own. You know what I mean? Because we went through that experience with our Instagram being wiped for two weeks, our entire like two years gone, like in a sense, two years of our business gone in a second, and then having no support from the Facebook and Instagram that we run our entire lives on and our businesses on, yeah. but email lists are basically the only things that you actually own. Right. Yeah. So that's like going to be a main focus for us is building that up. And in a sense, like bringing people over to that. So that way we can still have that connection with people. If so we can something like talk that happens. to them. Yeah. Because now we know it's so vol volatile. I mean, everything is and that who knows somebody could buy Instagram and just decide to take it away, turn it into something else. I mean, that's the thing we just never really know. It's not in our control. And that was a huge lesson we learned mm -hmm. was, yeah, this was here and it was, we took it for granted, but when it was gone, we could see the importance of not, we don't have that communication like we want to. So having a newsletter or having an email connection with people so we can at least talk to them. Yeah, we have happened. some, but it wasn't like you where we are consistently sending things out what I think like every week or every month, at least still to this day, right? Yeah, you're still I, sending that out. I, I kind of teetered off this summer. But yes, um, it was COVID. It was COVID. You're fine. You have a personal relationship with COVID-19. Yes. <laughs> yes. So but a new one is actually coming out um, very soon. But it's a lot of work. However, like you said, you don't own anything else except that list. And so mm -hmm. you know, reading all these things, my daughters are like, Oh, TikTok's, you know, gonna go away. And you think about all these things, I'm not on TikTok, but if you think about it and you built so much time, you spent so much time on this and built, yeah. you know, whatever you built on Instagram or TikTok or any of these social media platforms, it could go away in a day and, yes. and, and there goes your, yep. 
your group, you're all that. So yeah. as much as possible, you know, I'm trying to do the same thing because my list is not as big as my, you know, Instagram. So like I'm trying to push people to my newsletter because mm-hmm. it is filled. It's one place that's going into their email box. And again, they can forward it. They can send it to whoever they want to. They can delete it if they want. But again, they're seeing my name um, mm-hmm. and I'm don't have to scroll past it. So a lot of work and a time investment and everything else, but I'm a true believer in that. And that's from my OG state of it as an organizer, um, that I <laughs> yeah, highly yes. recommend, you know, to do. I remember when I had my girls, um, which are identical twins and I wrote a newsletter that I was pregnant with identical twins. And there was a person on my newsletter list from the Washington post. And she's wrote me back after it. And she's like, oh, can we do an organizing story on, you know, organizing for twins? And I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so we did it. I think she came six weeks after they were born or something like so close to when they were born. And I just remember like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, gosh. I photographed, I just had twins. Yeah. But that came and I built a relationship with that reporter because she was on my newsletter list and because Mm -hmm. she saw on my newsletter list that I was having twins and I'm an organist, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that felt in such a huge relationship that came out of that newsletter. That's been amazing. I mean, those were the first official pictures of my children. So it means so much to me, that relationship with that reporter. And then she moved on to different magazines and all that, but it all came from my newsletter. So I go back to that and and really harp on that a lot, just how powerful that newsletter really is. Yeah. And it's opening yourself up for those opportunities too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so, so important. So like I said, you've inspired us for many years. We keep saying it, but it's so true. And, you know, in our business, we're kind of transitioning to hopefully do more press in a sense. So we'd love to talk about that. I know you've been an OG and and you've talked about how you've built those relationships and that's been a big part of how you're able to get those, you know, magazines and stuff like that. We love to talk about that. And if you have any tips for us yeah. moving into that platform. Yeah, because the Clutter Bee, I, I was asked, editor asked if I could submit some organizing tips for Oregon Home Magazine. And that was, I was only in business about a year. And so that's the only experience that the company has. has been, other than a few other things that we've done video-wise, like Trending Today, we did an interview with them. But, right, and company sponsorships, we've done yeah. a couple. But but this is something that we'd like to do more of. And mm-hmm. yeah. I get asked this a lot because I have, it's funny. I was looking at the other day. I mean, it's a lot of press <laughs> that I've had over the years. Well, I was just scrolling so through your map. Yeah, your website. I was like, and you've been featured on a hundred plus. <laughs> Where does it end? Yeah. No, but it's so, really cool. I think I always say about press, you have to know where you want to be and you have to think about why you want to be in the press. Because I think it's like, it's like the Instagram numbers. Why do you want to grow, right? Why do you want to have a higher number? So for the press, why do you want to get press? You know, for me initially, getting press was about getting things that were local so that everyone who was in my community or who would be watching TV or reading whatever magazine could know about my organizing services so I could work with them locally. So mm-hmm. I tell people who are ever, who are starting out, if they are building a business, I think press helps in a sense that it gets your name out there, right? So if I were to read for us, like the big magazine around here is Washingtonian Magazine or one of them. If I were to read Washingtonian Magazine and look up organizing and see the organizers' names, I would want to be there as one of the experts in this area, if not the expert in my area, you know, talking about whatever, back to school, right? Whatever the subject matter is. And It doesn't necessarily, I tell people, I can't always track, oh, I was in Washingtonian Magazine or Real Simple Magazine, and this equals three clients. That Mm -hmm. is not how presses Mm -hmm. work over the years. Presses work for me to say, 
I have been in Real Simple, and that is credibility for me over another organizer. You know, again, there are tons of organizers in the area. If a client is looking for an organizer, for me, I've always been told, hey, if I have a, you know, two organizers that I'm deciding between, it might be a deciding factor to say, oh my gosh, they've been fe featured in Washingtonian or Real, Real Simple, and that might make my choice. It's not always going to be that way. But for mm -hmm. me, press has given me credibility along the lines of, wow, that magazine is really investing in their tips and they believe in that organizer. I should hire them because they've got great tips. You know, so that's mm -hmm. how it's been over the years. And so my suggestion when people are asking for tips is to think about where do you want to be? For the most part, it's locally to start with. I always say you have to probably start local before you go national. But think about, you know, are your clients, where's your ideal client watching and where are they reading? So first of all, you know, is it a newspaper? Is it a magazine or are they watching television? So thinking about, and it could be all three of those things that your client could be doing. So what are those publications where you want to be in? And that's where I would start to pitch. And so again, I don't know what the papers are or, or TV stations where you are, but I would think about the morning show. You're not going to pitch a morning show that has only sports on, for example, and you're not gonna pitch a morning show that only is talking about the local news. You're gonna to wanna to pitch a morning show that has a lifestyle segment or something that talks about kids or you know, interior design or health or something else like that. That's the program you're gonna to wanna to be on. And then you're gonna look for the producer or you're gonna look for the anchor and those people you can reach out to. Again, now with social media, it's like you can send them a DM or something. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. or it was like, oh my gosh, you're searching for something that's not there in terms of their email and yeah. all that. And so thinking about where you wanna be first is what I would start with. And then second, thinking about what you wanna talk about. I'll talk about TV it has to be something that is relevant at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And or same thing for a newspaper or a magazine. Right now, I would not be pitching something for Christmas show, you know, on a local, because we're in back to school season. And it just doesn't make sense seasonally to be talking about that. So I would think about the time that you're in and what you actually want to be talking about. Of course, all organizing things can be talked about at all times. However, I think there needs to be some sort of angle that you're talking about when you go on these programs and or when you're talking to like a local magazine or newspaper. You know, there's tons of different types of features. There's like a feature about you as the organizer. There's you giving tips. There's, you know, a business thing. So I think, again, after you figure out what that angle is, it will be easier for you to craft your pitch to mm -hmm. say you know, what you want to be on. So I have done so much cold pitching, you know, over the years and gotten no responses or gotten some responses. And I think that's okay. And mm -hmm. I can't imagine many people on their first pitch getting every single one that they've pitched, but I suggest people doing it and continuing to do it. I mean, as an organizer, of course, I had a chart of like, I pitched this person, right. that I got, you know, up with them. Yeah. Because that's what we yeah. do. <laughs> Great. Spreadsheet. So I, yeah. That's, you know, what, took, you know, for me to start locally and then continuing to get, you know, national press. And I think now I do less pitching. I can't actually remember the last time I did really pitch, but I do a lot of people have worked with me before. So they're going to come back and ask about a story that they know, you know, I'm an organizing expert. So I've talked before with them and I mm -hmm. can talk with them again. I just talked to someone else from a magazine for an online story and I've worked with them many times before. And she just mentioned, she's like, thank you so much. Your responses are so concrete. We don't have to come back to you another time. So I, again, 100%, I'm making sure, like, I'm writing a book for them. 
their question might be a sentence long, but I am providing them more information than I know they're going to need for an article mm -hmm. because they didn't ask for it, but because I want to give the best answer that I can because they might start writing the article and go in 15 different directions. And I don't want to be out of the article. Mm -hmm. I want to be part of the article. Mm -hmm. And even if a line or one sentence of mine gets in or a product suggestion that I do, I've done my job. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I feel yeah. like this just happened. I was on CNN. I did a back to school article. I think I was quoted. I was the first one, which was great. But I remember, I think I wrote two pages of like single spaced. I really, I had never been on CNN before. I read it all the time. So I was like very excited about it, but it was like a paper. I mean, I mm -hmm. did work, <laughs> you know, for this and yeah. I, there was a paragraph and a few quotes and stuff, but I was happy. And I just remember doing so much work and having my assistant make sure she read it and it made sense. I wasn't writing the article for him because he only took like a paragraph out of it, but I just knew I needed to go above and beyond because hopefully he's going to remember me on mm -hmm. another that he does if he does one on organization. If he doesn't, who cares? Mm -hmm. But you know, I did my best. And so I really try to go above and beyond. So in the sense that I'm memorable and that I'm not just giving a line Mm -hmm. so I really believe that's a huge key. I mean, again, you can go to any professional organizer out there, but I feel like that really can distinguish you, mm -hmm. you know, how to respond, your follow-up time. I mean, there are times that I am at a client and I see a press thing come in or I'm writing home and I'm like pulling over and I'm answering it because that's the other thing with press. It is very time sensitive. There are not many oh, things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think someone is like writing a magazine article. If, I mean, I know there's magazines that still print you know, out there, but a lot of the times you do not have a long lead time. And so mm -hmm. if they are saying to me, I remember I would speak about the CNN one, cause that's a recent one that I did. He was like, Oh, and I need it by, you know, tonight at 5 PM. It was like one o'clock. And I'm like, I am right. back and forth. What am I going to do? But I like said to my kids, like, hold on, I got to write this. Like, because it's very time sensitive. And as soon as you are late or you make a mistake or you don't write a good answer, I think then, I mean, why wouldn't the reporter go to someone else, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think if you are conscious with your time, if you're conscious with your answer, that will just foster the relationship and have that person remember you and keep coming back. And of course, I'm always like, and anytime you want, you know, come back and yeah. ask the questions. And so hopefully I'm on top of mind for people. Um, and I think, yeah. I mean, I'm just being on top of mind to come back and, and like make it versatile where you're putting, spreading your eggs. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in the beginning I was on one program locally and then another person saw I was on that person, that thing locally. So then they asked me. So I think it grows with time, even without some effort, it can grow. Yeah. I think so, that's yeah. so key and also making it simple. So like making it simple for them. Yes. And like you said, giving them more than what they need yeah. because then they don't have to do too much work. Making that good first impression. Yeah, because they don't have the time to reach out to you again and be like, can you clarify this? Right. You just want to give it to them all. Yeah. And then they're more likely to come back when they need something They else. are. Not pitching. You're serving them. You're serving the audience, you know? And mm. so I think when you're pitching, that's a good point. I just, you know, mm. when you're pitching, you're not going, hey, I'm the greatest. I should, you know, talk to you about organizing the bathroom because this is relevant. You're pitching them and saying, here's the knowledge that your audience really needs to know. I want to be the, you know, sort of venue for to it giving out to the audience, but it's not about me. It's about the tips that I'm giving and the knowledge that I'm going to give to your audience. And so that you guys as a TV station or wherever it is can look great providing that information. I'm just the, the vessel, right? I'm just right. the mouthpiece kind of talking, but 
again, it's wonderful in that once you're on there, you can then share that with your, you know, network and, and however you want. But then you as an organizer saying, hey, guys, clients, potential clients, like I was just on ABC, blah, 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 you mm -hmm. know, and that is helpful, again, for credibility, in a mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what we're looking for is like the credibility piece, because we're going to be working with you know, those high-end customers, millionaires, TV stars that are going to look at, okay, where have they been? Who are these people? And that would be a deciding factor. Am I going to use you or am I going to use you? Yeah. With our new audience, which yeah. I think I, is huge. I do really think it helps credibility. And, you know, again, I can't quantify how much my press has given me in terms of numbers because mm -hmm. I just numbers like that for me at least. Um, but I do really think it's a wonderful thing to say, I have been featured here or, you know, you're talking about luxury, like thinking about a magazine that they might look at or something like that, a glossy versus like the paper that's free in the grocery store, you know, right, exactly. that. but I think people have to be smart about where they want to be and thinking about, you know, where do I want to be? What would be ideal? You know, am I pitching them? And I wouldn't stop at one pitch. Mm -hmm. I would pitch again in a few months or try to find someone else who's written about, you know, organizing in a sense for you know, whatever the publication is, because, you know, at some point you never know what's going to happen. And that's always what I've always thought and felt and sort of given off. Like if it doesn't work out with that person, that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. and I never know where that next press is going to come from. So I really try to give my all. I really try to be nice to everyone and foster these relationships because there's been plenty of articles there's a good story. Like I went on TV, we were supposed to be on an NBC story with my daughters and my husband. The first time that we've ever all four, my husband's done press, my kids have done press, my mm -hmm. I've done press, but we've never done it ourselves. And this was on NBC. We drove to New Jersey. And I mean, we, it was just so amazing. We were so excited about it and it never aired. And everyone oh. was so disappointed. We like went up to, you know, we have the picture, yeah. like we're posting the pictures and all this. And everyone's like, when is it coming out? And for months we went back and then it just got, you know, on the cutting room floor. And, you know, it is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a fun experience for my family. We all were very excited to do it and we'll remember the experience. But, you know, I do still have a relationship with that producer and hopefully something further will come from that at some other point in time. Mm -hmm. just, but I just know we gave it our all while we were there and mm -hmm. we'll continue follow up with her, you know, for other stories and nurture the relationship. Yes. So that yeah. way, if something comes up, that's so important. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> I feel like I've learned so much and I'm sure our audience and you listening will know like, Oh yeah. I'm yeah. I'm motivated. I'm ready. Don't you feel the same? <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to cold pitch. That's awesome. Thank it's, you for sharing your wisdom. Of course. Of course. I mean, look, it's scary and no one wants to do it. I hate it. I mean, even though I'm like behind a computer, it still feels icky, you know, to send a yeah. It's just someone you don't know. However, again, now with social media, they can see kind of who you are before. We didn't have any of that. It was just mm -hmm. like a And so I think it is a little bit easier. I want to get, you know, in a sense to then quote unquote cold pitch someone right now because there is a reference to go back to of your work mm -hmm. and you're not just this stranger that they have no idea what you're right. or what you are like. <laughs> yeah. in. Um, so you have that. And I do encourage people to do it, even though it feels maybe icky at a point. <laughs> to do yeah, it. like the interview that you that you went through that never aired. Oh, how heartbreaking! But yeah. like you said, it's an experience, and you learn from it. Yeah, and that's we what all it was had all about. 
yeah. yeah, it was, I mean, for our family, that was fine. And it was, it's like a day and a half, but, um, you know, it is what it is. It would have been great if it aired, but it didn't. And we're just going to walk away from it with good memories. <laughs> and photos. And, and photos, photos that you can keep. <laughs> So this is a one crazy journey podcast and we always like to finish off with a final question before we end the interview. So do you, I know you've shared a lot of crazy things with us, which has been so fun, but do you have anything crazy to share with us? Business, personal, the first thing that pops into your mind. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, you just said quick thing, but I have a crazy story. I don't know how like PG the, the podcast is, but I was thinking about this recently. We had a project where as a client, we never met the person and mm-hmm. I was getting the referral from an interior designer and we had been moving him in. It was going fine. A larger man, like he was six, five and, you know, maybe 200 something pounds mm-hmm. and, and then we found this underwear and uh-huh. makeup and, you know, things that didn't really match what lifestyle I thought was. Yeah. Um, we were looking at the photographs and his girlfriend was like teeny and really small. And I did not know which bedroom to put this in. Um, okay. And because I knew he lived by himself. And so then I said to the interior designer, like, what do I do? Um, yeah. She's like, oh, he's, I think he's a cross dresser. And so I said, okay, that's fine. You know, whatever. And, you know, as organizers, we find things that everyone always says, well, what's the craziest thing that you found? And, you know, we found things that I didn't know what they were until I like looked them up and it was uh-huh. just crazy. <laughs> You're like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's what that is. All right. You know, we're being discreet because yes. as organizers, you do that. And we mm-hmm. don't, we're, I'm, you know, not flustered by, I'm sure you guys have seen things too, that people have that are very personal and, and their stuff. And so we just put it how we would put it and we put the other stuff away and and my team member, it was one of her first jobs. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, are all the jobs like this? And I just said, you know, everyone is themselves and it has yeah. nothing to do. And we are going to do a good job no matter what the person looks like, lives like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, not even crazy, but it was like one of those experiences where it just kind of took me back. And it was like, organization is one of those things that everyone deserves, everyone needs you know, we are discreet. And I just said, like, we are in a client service business when it comes down to it. And so it has, I don't care if I'm putting someone's underwear in, I don't care if I'm folding someone's underwear or their bra. We've done it all. And I mean, I don't even know why I was telling this story. I'm kind of like rambling, but it was one of these things where it was just an experience for this girl first, you know, off. And it's like, this job is so interesting on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. because we get to see and interact with so many different people and so many people, jobs and different personalities. Like I just, that's why I love it so yeah. much. Again, no day is the same. That's for no. sure. Every day is different. That's what keeps it interesting. I feel like and we are in their personal stuff Yeah, all the time. And you know, look, we have client confidentiality. We have, you know, all these things we see and people are embarrassed sometimes and they are, don't care mm-hmm. the other times. And it is not my job to, you know, I know I'm talking about it here, but I'm not leading any, I'm yeah. not giving who it is, but, you know, I think that's okay. And that makes our job interesting on a daily basis, but also it has our clients respect us and know that they can mm-hmm. continue to work with us because right. we're not yeah. going out and saying, oh, this is from this house. This is from that house. You no. know, it stops there. And that's not my job to go around and do that. My job is mm-hmm. to help them organize whatever they want. Yeah, because yeah, to us, organizing underwear or shoes or right whatever it's all the same it's all we're just organizing everything and setting things like judgment free for them yes judgment free yeah 
So this goes to Instagram and then I'll stop with the crazy thing. But like, we're on a project that I want to scream from the rooftops that we're on right now. We've been on it since March. And I can't say a word because I can't take pictures. I can't say anything, Mm -hmm. whatever. And so it looks like we're not working or haven't since March, but like really we've been there. And that is because of the client's confidentiality and Mm -hmm. We don't have on the DC side of things, like we don't have the celebrities like California does or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, that's another factor when you're thinking about Instagram. Like I can't put a person like the person that we're the thing entity that we're working for right now. I can't put them on Instagram and say, Hey, can you also share that we're organizing for you? Because mm-hmm. I probably would go up by millions if I did that, but I can't do that. And yeah. so that's one of those things where my number will not grow from this client. And that's okay because yeah. I've had steady work since March, which I'm much more grateful for than I am a few hundred or thousands or more than mm-hmm. that. Exactly. So, for a hundred thousand followers that could go away tomorrow. <laughs> as you all know, right? But you're provi- yeah. Yes, firsthand. But you're providing the service that's from your passion. You're providing the service for your client regardless of who your client is and what their right. status is, we all give and, that and they 100% equal all and all equal the same, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I have to do this because you're this person. Like yeah. everyone gets the same level of service. Everyone, too. yeah. And I think that's interesting that you said, which is kind of what I've been struggling with a little bit too. And I think it kind of goes with the comparison thing where it's like, you feel like you always have to share what you're doing that day or like almost didn't happen, you know, and like people work yeah. out, you're like, I have to take a selfie or it didn't happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, again, going back to the numbers is that's, or Instagram in general, what you're sharing on your stories, it has no, it doesn't Direct equal what you're reflection. doing, right? Yeah. Like you said, you've been booked out for months with this one client, but you're not able to share it. And so a lot of people might think you're not working, but you're working every single day and you don't have to share everything on every single job of what you're doing. Yeah. No, and it's very it's curated. I always tell people, I mean, I do it the same. It's very curated what you put up on Instagram and all that. And But there have been times I will tell you during this project, I'm like, oh my God, can I just post something? Or <laughs> Yeah, I need a vent or something. This is amazing. This, this uh, is what we've done. This, just yes. the drawer. Can we just I do mean, the drawer? <laughs> work that we've done yeah. all over. But mm-hmm, you know yeah. what? That's not my job. And again, yeah. thinking about, because we were talking about before, I didn't have Instagram before. So no one mm-hmm. would have known about this project. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to write it about it in my newsletter. So it I love it. that way. Um, I don't even know why I talked about that as my crazy story. Cause it wasn't that crazy. It just, no, but it's like the first thing that comes to your mind, which I think is That's kind of fun. Like you know what I mean? It's like, what is it? What's that yeah. fun thing? And then it's always a fun story at the end. Got a little bit more R rated, which I will not talk about on this. <laughs> but I think it just, it's crazy some of the people we interact with, but it just makes it so much more exciting and, you know, stories from my home life and mm-hmm. all of that because it is not a desk job, as you all know, and meeting these different people has been such a wonderful experience for me. And I mm-hmm. think that's also why I love to continue what I do is because of the people and not yeah. everyone is wonderful, as we all know. However, for the most part, again, knock on wood, I've been extremely lucky with all the clients that I have worked with and the people and you know, other vendors that we've worked with. And so I think that is what continues to keep me going and mm-hmm. talking to people and, and getting to know people that way. Cause a lot of clients become, you know, friends that way. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's and what makes it worthwhile, you know, yeah. and making their lives better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah changing lives. I love yeah. that. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining us on our podcast. I, know. I learned so much. I'm definitely going to re-listen to it and take notes. <laughs> from our own this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, seriously. Notes from Rachel. I learned so much from you. Um, please share where our audience can find you, follow you, subscribe to your newsletter because I know we talked about it a lot. 
podcast. Well, thank you guys so much again for having me. It was a pure joy um, to be on here and I could talk forever, but we can so talk yeah, we can too. too. We love this. <laughs> Um, Where do they find you, Rachel? Yeah, so you can find me on my website, which is rachelrosenthal.co.co, or you can find me on Instagram at rachelorganizes. Perfect. Things. And, my and we'll put the links in the description, too. Yeah. yeah, actually, I think our podcast company does that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're learning. We're, we're still learning about what our new podcasting company that we're using. And your newsletter? Uh, my newsletter is on my website, so there's a pop-up, hopefully, that people can Awesome. Okay. Definitely Great. subscribe to that, yes. A lot of, a lot of amazing And your Instagram stuff. handle? You said it. <laughs> Okay. You did say it? Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rachel. It's been amazing. Definitely go follow her. Subscribe to your newsletter. Yes. You can learn a lot from this gal. Yes. Yes. And give her some you support. Listeners. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the One Crazy Journey podcast, where we have a brand new episode every Monday. Like what you hear? Then subscribe so you never miss a show. And while you're at it, why not hop over to our Instagram at everything.nb and follow us there so you can keep up with our stories. And on a side note, we often make references in our episodes about the programs, books, and apps, and other tools that we love. If you would like to know what these tools are, then take a look at the show notes for this episode and find the link to our free resource guide. Well, that's it for today. So you can listen to us next time on the One Crazy Journey podcast. And if you use your imagination, you can see us too.